Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here, Elon Daily, part of the Talking Tesla Network of Shows. It's Wednesday the 23rd, 2019, and Elon has been on the Twitter and he's been sort of pushing the solar panels a lot. Yeah, it seems like uh, he's been pushing them a lot. And he says that if you go to Zillow, which here in the United States is sort of a real estate estimating how much your house is worth app, if you go on the Zillow and you look at houses that are about the same in every other way, you can sort of estimate that putting solar panels on your roof will get you about 5% more in value when you come to sell that house. This is, in fact, not new information. At least the solar industry has been telling us for a long time that you basically, you know, you put $30,000 worth of solar on your roof and you'll get $30,000 back when you sell your house. So this is not necessarily new information. And the data that they spout comes from basically the same kind of methodology, uh, same kind of house in the same kind of area and the same kind of street, one with solar panels, one without. The one with solar panels ends up selling for a bit more. So 5% is quite a bit because here, say, in uh, Los Angeles, where the median house price is about $500,000, that's about $25,000 at 5%, and that is a good-sized system. But of course, he might be a little bit biased, but I think the concept is right. If you do a significant value add to your house, you can probably get a significant percent of that out at the end if you sell your house. So it's a good idea. There's other good reasons to get that solar as well. And on average, depending on where you live, you can get full payback of that system in 10 to 15 years, depending on where you live. So you might get two bites at the cherry, as it were, significantly bring down your costs and at the same time be able to reap most of the initial outlay up front. Still, the problem, of course, is that these systems are still pretty expensive, much better than they used to be. But still, for a lot of people, you know, having an extra 25 grand to, to drop on the top of your house, it's a little bit difficult. Let's talk about Boring Company. So you got this Boring Company, and there are drilling big giant holes in Vegas, and it looks like full production seems to have begun. Apparently, the machine was transported over in segments, put back together, and it is digging giant holes. Apparently, in Vegas, what they're going to do is have the passenger stations to be above ground to save money rather than underground like they did in Hawthorne. And they think maybe this thing will be done, the boring hole machine will come out the other end by January and then they'll, you know, be pretty close to just like spit and polishing it. So it seems that things are moving along very well. We don't know which machine is in there, Godot or Linestorm, which is the much faster hybrid version. We don't know and, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. We just want to see if this thing works. And this is only just a tiny, tiny piece of um, Elon's brain, but... The idea of the Boring Company is very interesting, and we'll see how it continues to develop. I'm really fascinated to see if this, to me, what is sort of a test pilot type of thing at the Las Vegas Convention Center, has any legs, as it were. And in Politico, there's a really good article, I'll put a link in the show notes, about the science and the politics of attribution science. Attribution science. So here's the concept. You've got climate change. And you have all these natural events. But because of what we've done to the planet, we've warmed it up. We're making these natural events worse. There's always fires in California. Always has been. But as you raise the temperature and you increase the wind speeds and uh, you decrease the amount of precipitation in certain areas, then you are going to make those fires worse and more frequent and uh, bad. And can you attribute some of that to climate change? When you have a hurricane now, they suck up more of the water because the sea temperature is higher and so the flooding is much worse. When you have heat waves, they last longer and are much worse. So how much can you attribute the death of 
the destruction, the badness of what are otherwise normal events, normal occurring events, but they're made worse by climate change. And that's what attribution science does. And it scares the hell out of the fossil fuel industry. Because obviously this is going to be used to say, you know, there was a $50 billion event of which 50% can be attributed to climate change and therefore fossil fuel industry, you should give us some cash. And I want to say something that might be a little bit controversial. I don't think they should pay. Because we all benefited from the burning of fossil fuels and it made us have rich societies and we benefit still to this very day. So we should all pay for the cost of what climate change has done to what would otherwise be natural events. Having said that, these companies should pay dearly. They should pay up the yin-yang if they withheld scientific evidence or they distorted the truth by funding third parties' disinformation campaigns. I don't know. I'm thinking people like uh, Exxon, for example, that they knew even in the 70s this this was a problem as their own science showed these problems. And then at some point, instead of following the science, they just decided to go on a disinformation campaign. People like that... Those people should pay dearly because if they hadn't have, if they had said this is a problem and we still need fossil fuels, but we should all work together to get off fossil fuels. And yeah, it's going to affect uh, how much profit we make. But, you know, mm, that kind of thing would have been okay. They shouldn't have to pay if they were that kind of company, but they weren't. And most of the companies involved in this were not. They put profit over, you know, pushing this down line. Oh, it'll be fine. We'll deal with it later. Well, the later is here. And now companies like that, hmm, they should pay. They lied. They're very bad people, have produced a lot of bad problems. And now, finally, let us do a letter. And this letter is from Aaron's Young. I don't know because, uh, you know, there's not a... Apparently, I've screwed it up and there's no place in there to put your name. So I said, people, put your name in there. But at the end of your email, put your name. And he said, look, I really enjoy the show, especially the parts when you mill get charged up over a slow supercharger construction. I don't hear any comments about supercharger expansions, though. And I have reason to drive to St. George, Utah from my home in Grand Junction, Colorado recently. Got myself a girlfriend. Woo-hoo. And have been observing the expansion from four stalls to eight stalls in Green River and Beaver, Utah. Let's not forget the growth of older stations, please. I wonder if it is to support semis on interstates. So let me say a few things about this. So yeah, I think I said it yesterday, the day before, that the wife, maybe I didn't, the wife was in San Luis Obispo. And the Tesla supercharger station there was undergoing a major reconstruction, major reconstruction. And it seems like they're going to add a significant number of more stalls, and I'm hoping they're going to be V3. So, yeah, we use supercharge.info, and they tell you on supercharge.info what's been permitted, what's under construction, and what's opened. But I'm not sure once you've got a supercharger station, if they tell you if it's expanding, if they have pulling the same permits or different permits. So it's a good point. Hopefully Tesla is going to go back to their old stalls, their old installations, and buff them up. I would love to see them change them out for V3s, but I don't think that's going to happen very quickly initially. But that is logical. You know, there is a lot of stations here in California, and what they really need is to be faster and more consistent in their charging and have some more stalls. You don't necessarily need a lot more in a lot of different places, although that would help. But you certainly need to increase the speed and the consistency, and the V3 makes it so good because you don't have to share And if they charge two or three times faster, then that's a significant amount of volume that you can get through. And so, yes, I think this is a great point. We don't just need more superchargers. We need the superchargers we already have to expand. And we need to have the solar panels. And we need to have the batteries. And my name's Mel Herbert. And the show's Elon Daly. And you should give us a rating and review. And you should become a patron. And there's so much you should do. But will you do it? You probably won't do it. 
because you know you're sad because there's probably not going to be any music. But I'm gonna fix that. There is freedom within. There is freedom without. Try to catch the television of people come. There's a battle ahead. Many battles are lost, but you'll never see the end of the road while you're traveling with me. Hey now, hey now, don't dream it. 